Everybody put your hand over your heart. Do this with me. Say, God, tonight, if you speak to anybody, speak to my heart. Fill my heart. Strengthen my heart. Break my heart with what breaks yours. Say, God, speak to my heart. You know, when I preach this message, you've you got to hear me close. Um, message I'm about to give you, this happens every week in church. The pastor will be preaching, somebody gets up and goes get a drink. The pastor will be preaching and somebody decides they need to leave early. The pastor's preaching. We just, I, it just It's amazing. Uh, in some places, it's like we're not listening. And so um, I hope and pray that tonight that you do more than hear. Hearing happens. Listening is intentional. And when we begin to listen, it's an incredible deal. My message is called, It's All About the Heart. Everybody say, what's in your heart comes out of your mouth. What you say is what you mean. Now, I want you to hear me close. Pretty much, not everything, but pretty much what we say will always feel, always comes from our, I'm going to show that to you. Everybody say, what's in your heart comes out of your mouth. What you say is what you mean. Now, and and I appreciate you being here, but I'm telling you, tomorrow night, um, I want to see, I'd love to see a lot of lost people here so God could change their hearts. My uh, oldest son, how many of y'all have more than one child in your life? Raise your hand. Have you noticed how your kids' heart, they're not the same? I have two boys, Hunky and Dory and Moocher and Moochie, and because see, I thought when they got married, when they went off to college, they leave you alone, they will never leave you alone, and I don't know how it is with you, Barry, but when I go out to eat with my boys, they never have a wallet, I don't know if it's a practice, but have you noticed something, you listen to your kids talk, and you're going to find out about their, because what's in your, help me, what's in your, will always come out of your, what you say is what you mean. And so I have a mild son, Josh, and he can be a little tougher. I can say Josh and he'll go, what? Anybody have a kid like that? It's like we're a light bulb or something. And then my youngest son, I could say Jeremy, and he would cry uncontrollably because his heart is a lot softer than his brother's. What's in your, comes out of your, what you say is what you See, if you listen to people talk, it's like when the election, when Hillary and Trump were going at it, you know, the more, I want you to hear me close, the more you hear these guys speak, the more you know what they believe in there on abortions. And that, I'm just going to say this, you know, I don't know how you could vote for a candidate that believes in murder. Uh, whether they're, and I'm just talking about a, a candidate, whether a Democrat or public, Republican, That's one of the fine lines that I have in my life. Now, there may be some other issues, but that's that's a major issue. And you listen to them speak, and the more they speak, the more I found out what was in their heart. And so that's why you got to learn to listen. You know, uh, listen to people talk, you'll find out about their heart. Listen to people pray, you'll find out about their heart. Now, see, 
I can't believe everybody here is listening. Because see, if you're talking to the person next to you, or if you're messing with your phone right now, then I know you've checked out. You see, unlike most speakers, I don't want a few of you to get this. I want everybody to get this. You know, I left my wife for another five days. I'll leave here. Well, Thursday, I'm going to eat lunch with your pastor. This just kind of happened. And I'm going to drive to Longview, Texas. I'm speaking to a college ministry in Longview that night at 7. When I finish at 7 on Thursday night, around 8.30 or 9, I'm driving to San Antonio. I'm going to get home about 1 or 2 in the morning so I can get up on Friday at 8 in the morning, do a few things. I'm back at the airport with my wife. We're heading to Knoxville. You know, other than that, I'm not doing very much. And here's the deal. Listen to people talk. You will find out what they believe. You will find out what fills their... My oldest son had just gotten his driver's license years ago. I wasn't there. It was probably a good thing because he got to live. But they were in the car. My youngest son was in the back, probably a sixth grader. And his brother's getting ready to drive. My wife, she's a teacher, and he's driving them to school. You know, his brother's pretty pumped that his brother's driving. My wife began to put on her war paint. No, I paused there because ladies, I don't know how many times I've seen a lady at a stop sign or a red light. put. And you know, when you put on this eye stuff, why do you do this? I, I don't think you even know. I watch them. I've watched somebody drive, put on that. I don't know how they do it. So my wife's putting on her war paint. My youngest son is pretty pumped about his brother driving. They get to a four-way stop. I hate four-way stops because nobody knows what to do at a four-way stop. I was at a four-way stop in my neighborhood. The other three stop signs, there was nobody there. The guy in front of me stops. There's nobody at the other three. I'm behind him. And I watch this dude. There's not another car around. He looks... He looks, I wanted to push him through the intersection. But my son was at a four-way stop, and it was his turn to go. As he pulled out to turn, a car ran a stop sign and almost hit him. And my son let a cuss word fly. Dude, if he would have said hell, we could have worked with it. I mean, hell's in the Bible. It's a real place. We could have worked with it. Everybody say bad word. Sounds like fire truck. He dropped the bomb. I'm just telling you, my wife's makeup went to the back of her head. My youngest son began to cry uncontrollably, knowing that when I found out, his bro- he would be an only child. But see, that's not even the funny part. As soon as my son said the word, he kind of pulled over to the side to gather himself, and he said to my wife, Mom, <laughs> I have no idea where that word came from. Like that word was in the pits of hell that day, and the devil sent the word up through the universe. It found San Antonio, eighth largest city in the United States, found my city, swirled through our city, found my car, went into the air conditioning vents, went into my son's mouth and came out. Is that what happened, yes or no? No, the word was where? In his heart. Now, I used to cuss all the time. I I started cussing at a young age because it was all around my life. I started smoking 
I was about nine or ten. Probably didn't inhale till I was about eleven. Uh, took my first drink of alcohol at nine. So I grew up in that world. And fifty-one years ago, when God saved me, He changed my language. He changed how I think. He changed how I love. He changed my heart. If you're listening, say yes. And so as you go to Proverbs chapter 4, go quickly. Would you look at verse 20? The shirt I'm wearing glows in the dark. I have it in black and pink. I, I just like wearing the pink. I wore this a few weeks ago or maybe a month or so ago. My wife and I went to a movie, and this dude glows. It's pitch black, Austin, and my shirt is... I didn't even, I, See, I didn't even realize it. My wife looked at me. She said, your shirt is glowing. The guy behind me said, yes, sir, it is. Could I read the front of it? So now I'm standing up, and I'm like a revolving. Everybody's looking at it. My wife said, do not wear that ever again. But I want you to hear me. Do you understand in order for this shirt and these bracelets that glow in the dark, you have to expose them to the light. When we expose ourselves to the light of God, to the word of God, listen to me, we will shine even in the darkness. If you're listening, say yes. Because see, if you're not looking at me, if you're not looking at your Bible, you're not listening to me. So you know something's wrong with your... Yeah, when I say that, it's because I see it happening. Proverbs 4, verse 20. My child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. I love this. Let them penetrate deep into your... Right now, I'm trying to plant God's word into your life. And I know this has happened to Barry. I know it's probably happened to Austin. You know, there are people that will be in this room and, they'll, and they, they hear the same thing, but some people walk out of here and they will say something that I never said. Because they weren't listening with their heart, they were listening to what they wanted to hear. Watch. Verse 22, for these words will bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. And look at verse 23. Above all else, guard your heart. Mine says this, and I like this. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. What's in your? What's in your? Comes out of your? What you say is what you? Turn, if you would, to Jeremiah. Go to Jeremiah, not too far past Isaiah. Just go to the right for a few different books. Get to Jeremiah 17. I'm going to get to my story. I'm going to try to get there quick if I can. Jeremiah 17. When you get there, Sam, there. If you're still looking, Sam, looking. I'm just glad you're looking. Jeremiah 17 is right after Jeremiah 16. I'm trying to help you. Now, I want to show you a truth. Look at Jeremiah 17, 5. This is what the Lord says. Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans or rely on human strength. And they turn their, and they turn their, even if you don't have a Bible, you get to speak. And they turn their away from the Lord. Now watch. They're like a stunted shrub in the desert, no hope for the future. They will live in a barren wilderness in an uninhabited salty land. Verse 7. You know, if you read Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, it says this. Trust the Lord with all your, 
Lean not on your understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways. You'll crown your efforts with success. The back of my shirt says where your treasure is, there so is your heart. If you read Matthew 22, 34 through 37, I want you to hear me. This expert in law went to Jesus and he said, hey, Jesus, what's the most important thing in life? And Jesus answered, love the Lord God with all your, notice that, your soul, your mind, and your strength, and love your neighbor as your, I want you to hear me. He said, these two are the greatest commandments in all the law. And if we obey, if we love God with everything that I have, and we love other people like we love us, and I only love me because of him, it's amazing what would happen. Can you imagine if tomorrow we could only, can you imagine our world, you could only say kind words? You know what our world would sound like tomorrow? You'd just hear cars driving, that's it. You'd be walking, hey, you just, you don't, see, Ephesians 4.29 says, let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only the word that edifies and blesses the one that hear. Kindness goes a long way. What's in your, comes out of your, what you say is what you, look at verse 7, but blessed are those who trust in the Lord. They've made the Lord their hope and confidence. Watch what it, how it reads. Verse 8, they're like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. And these trees are not bothered by the economy. They're not bothered about your parents' divorce. They're not bothered with the report of cancer. They're not bothered with the grandson that gets into a wreck and, maybe, and has a great chance of never living or walking again. They're not bothered by income tax. They're not... I want you to hear me. If we've got the right heart, these things are not going to bother us. If you knew what was going on in, in my ministry right now, just a lot of stuff going on. I mean, I work harder to fill up dates. My May is pretty slim. My wife kind of gets worried because this is, this is how I make my living. But if I worry about that, if I dwell on that, I'm no good to preach. So I'm preaching to me. Look at what he said. These trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by the long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. Look at verse 9. The human heart is most deceitful of all things. It's desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? I, the Lord, search all hearts. I examine your, your motives and I will give people their due reward. What's in your comes out of your, what you say is what you, go to Luke chapter 6. I love hearing those little kids going along with me as well. Go to Luke chapter 6, verse 45. You know, on your way home tonight, it, it might be a pretty quiet car ride. Have you ever listened to people pray? We pray stupid stuff. I think God laughs at some of them. They don't even make sense. The deacons have come to the front. I like it when the deacons don't know whose turn it is to pray. I'll peek and watch them, and I've watched this. And I don't know what they're upset because they're going to pray the same prayer they pray every week. Lord, we thank you for the small portion we're about to give. We pray you bless the gift and the amen. Roger, over and out, God. I've heard this prayer. 
forgive us all our sins. Really? Mass forgiveness? It's an individual thing. I hear all kinds. You ever heard this prayer? I love this prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, Prince of Peace, King, God, Father, little eight-pound baby Jesus, Father, God. He knows his name. Pick one and go with it. You're not going to come up to me and go, reverend, preacher, pastor, evangelist, brother. You just come up to me and go, hey, dude, do you know that when you say Jesus, you got God's attention? You know why people use all the names? They ain't got nothing to say. Now I'm going to make somebody mad here, maybe not as many. The first time I heard somebody preaching King James English. I'm just telling you this. God is more than a thee and a thou. I mean, if you're still calling him thee and thou, listen, you need to get to know him better. First time I heard somebody go, oh, fatherest, goddest. As we walk us down the road, as though most highest God is fatherest. Would you take us, my footeth, God, that wayeth. I think God's in heaven going, whoeth or youeth. No, if I went home to my wife and went babeth, was wondering if you'd like to go to Chilieth, we could eateth, and when we finished, we could get some yogurt, maybe do a movieeth. What do you thinketh? My wife would say, stay awayeth. <laughs> Guys, I'm not being ugly. Do you understand that God is your very best friend? And see, some of you learn to pray the thee and thou, and I'm not, I want you to listen. If you ever get real with God, this week's about being real, you're going to talk to him like he's your best friend. How many of y'all, uh, when you go out to eat, how many of y'all, when, when you go out to eat, you order appetizers? Raise your hand. Hold my pie. How many of y'all typically don't pray for the appetizer? Go ahead and raise your hand. Dude, it's like it's not food. They bring the nacho and cheese, the chili cheese, and we just... And then all of a sudden they bring the other meal and we get holy. Have you ever heard this prayer? First time I heard this, I hadn't been saved very long. Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, we thank you for this food we're about to receive. We pray you take this food, bless this food to our bodies, our bodies to your service. We pray that you bless the hands of the one that prepared it. In Jesus' name, amen. How many of you have ever heard that one? Raise your hand. I think we need to get Morgan Freeman to do a ringtone on our phone with the Lord with that prayer. So then we can bow our heads and hit play. Did you hear me? We pray weird stuff. And I don't know why you want to hold hands. Dude, I have no idea where your hands have been. Let's just touch elbows. Can I get an amen? And how many of you have ever gone out to eat? And the one that's praying for the food decides to get caught up on their prayer life. Thank him for the food. I got a friend. If you pray too long, Barry, he'll start tapping his glass for you to shut up. In fact, he volunteers to pray all the time. And this is his prayer. This guy loves God. We'll bow our heads. We're not holding hands. We'll bow our heads. Everybody's thinking we're about to go to the Holy of Holies. And all of a sudden, this is his prayer. Thanks. And he just starts eating. I've watched people sit at the table doing this. Did he say amen? I didn't even hear him say Jesus. Did he thank God for the food? I don't know. He's eating. 
Are you listening to me? Next time you go to the grocery store, take the whole family, try this. It's going to save on your prayer life. Get all the groceries in the basket. Get out in the parking lot. Circle that basket, two weeks, three weeks of groceries. Touch elbows, get in a circle. Hey, God, we thank you for all this food we're about to eat. And it, how many of y'all pray for your leftovers? What, the first one didn't count? Dude, if we're dumb enough to eat leftovers, prayer ain't going to help it. I'm just telling you, if you're listening, say yes. Do you understand, am I making my point? Prayer is a powerful thing. But you have to hear, you listen to people pray. I was in Houston, Texas. I'm not going to tell you what church, Second Baptist. Big old church. There are like six, 7,000 people. I'm up in the balcony, and they called on this deacon to pray. This really made me mad because I was peeking. There's none of verses close your eyes. You know why we close our eyes? It's so we can concentrate. We can be focused. So he had us by our heads, but I'm peeking. And I watched this deacon come up, and he pulled out a piece of paper. He began to read his prayer. I'm thinking, dude, if that prayer is not in your, then you ought to sit down and shut up. Dude, prayer, listen to me. It's the pause that empowers. Prayer doesn't change God. Prayer changes us. It's the most powerful thing. And I want you to listen. You'll be no more powerful than your prayer life. You'll be no more spiritual than you know this Bible. Amen? So listen to people talk. Go if you would. Let me prove my point. What's in your? Everybody, what's in your? It's, it's going to be so fun when this is over and you get in the car. Because <laughs> just think, you can't say anything unkind. You just have to speak nice things. I mean, there's not going to be a lot of conversation. In fact, let me just say this, Barry. After I'll preach this message, the next day I'll go out with some of the church staff and none of them want to pray. None of them. <laughs> I had one guy start praying. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this food. I, dude, I said, if you pray that, I'm throwing my nachos at you. Look at this. Luke 6.45. I love how mine reads. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. An evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. I like what yours says. Out of the overflow of your the mouth speaks. Mine reads this way. What you say flows from what is in your heart. Stupid, you're an idiot. I wish you were never born. I never want to see you again. I've never hated it. I, I was just watching some show today, and, and this guy said, I hate my mom. I wish my mom was dead. And this lady had done a lot for me. I want you to hear me. There's not bad people. They've got bad hearts. And I challenge you, I challenge you tomorrow, get people here. This is a beautiful, listen, this, you've got land, you've got facilities, you've got, you've got all the, but when we're not bringing people, not just inviting them, but bringing them. I think the pastor shared about a couple of your janitor workers or that work here, two of those ladies were saved. 
Can you imagine if everybody here brought two or three people, we wouldn't have enough room. We'd have to put people on the floor. And by the way, I've seen that happen. So he says this, out of the overflow of your heart, the mouth speaks. What's in your? Comes out of your? What you say is what you? 